3: Coach, you look at the drive chart from the last two games. Nineteen drives. You take away two of them because they were kind of end of half situations. Eleven of the seventeen were touchdowns, and just one punt. I mean, that's crazy.
4: Yeah, no. And, and and listen, we've been the better team the last two weeks, and we know that. And and that doesn't mean though. You look all around the country, that doesn't mean you play like it all the time. And um, yeah, I think our kids are taking this thing game by game like you would want them to. I think they've gone out and handled things the way they need to, and and they know that we need to continue to get better. I think everybody is aware of what is coming down the road right and and we're doing it the way we need to it's one focus it's one day at a time it's focused on today's practice and just getting better but um, you know we 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 have some lofty expectations for where we want this season to end and um, there's a lot of teams that start 3 and 0 and aren't around in the national narrative come the end of the year and we don't want to be one of them
3: Let's look at things defensively. I know last year, and you kind of talked about Graham Barden on a couple of different instances, about early in the game, you knew things were going to go well because of a block that he put or, or moving a linebacker. Defensively, I mean, you could stack it up on the afternoon. Terry Moore on the whole, a huge hit. Jalen Stinson with, I don't know, textbook form tackle. I mean, you could go on down the list. Kendall Johnson getting his first career sack. Everyone talks about Big Ten football in Northwestern. Ad nauseum going into the game about the physical challenge of playing the Big Ten, and it felt like physically it was a mismatch. You guys were just dominating.
4: Yeah, it looked like somebody really challenged our game. <laughs> guys to, to uh see what that big 10 thing was all about um yeah no i i think our defense is is playing with tremendous effort I, I think we are really closing on the ball well uh and we've tackled really well through three games and and obviously that's something that we have to continue to do and continue to work on and continue to, to improve but um yeah that's a really good starting point for good defense
3: we talked a lot in the offseason about the next jump obviously was a big jump last year and getting nine wins what does that next jump look like and you look at individuals and here's Dorian Maosi who's led the team in tackles for the second straight game had ten over the weekend Feels like he's taken a major step forward. What have you seen?
4: Yeah, I think he's playing the game physically. I think that's really good. Obviously, the the second year in the system is so much easier for a linebacker because it is. It's not. We're not a, a, a very simple system for linebackers. It's a little bit more complicated than, than most. And um, so I think he's really comfortable with with where where we're leveraging the football now, and that helps a lot. Um, and then he's healthy. Like I think the one thing about Dorian last year that you know, because we don't talk about that stuff a lot because we don't make it. Mm-hmm. You know, we just play. You know, you're not looking to make excuses on anything. Um, but he was banged up. You know, his foot was really bothering him probably from, you know, the third game of the year on. And, and he, you know, sat a couple games because of it, played a couple games, injured and did the best he could. And you know, I don't know that he was ever truly healthy from about the third game on last year. And so it's just good to see him healthy running around and playing the way he's capable of.
3: Blue Devils' run defense was outstanding over the weekend, only gave up 104 yards for the game. 34 of those were on that final drive when the game was well in hand with Duke leading 38-7. Uh, to 7. Did did want to ask you about one thing. I was just looking at the stat sheet and doing some quick math. Some of this speaks to the margin, the guys that get in. But what do you think when you see, I think it was like 29 different guys made a tackle in this game, special teams mixed in as well. What does that say to you when you see that many guys involved?
4: Yeah, we have depth on defense, and and that's something that, that we pride ourselves in because um, you know, when you play defense against up-tempo teams, when you play these fast-paced offenses um, in this modern day and age, like playing eleven guys on defense, that's not getting it done anymore. And and then you want to have the diversity to match up with people. And and that was something that we talked a lot about with the guys we added in the secondary. Was we have a lot more tools back there to get into some different packages, to get in some different looks, to match people up different kinds of ways. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we're able to play. I think we're rolling about nine, ten guys on the defense line. This is while the game's in hand. Um, You know, second, third drive of the game, we're rolling out eight, nine defensive linemen. Uh, We're playing four linebackers pretty consistently, and we're excited about that. And then there's probably you know, eight or nine guys playing consistently in the secondary. And, and that allows you to build depth. It'll, it keeps people engaged, right, which is the other thing that, that people miss. The more guys you play, the more guys are excited about practice. The more guys get better, the more guys are excited about playing in the game. And so um, that's what you want your defense to look like. And so we're happy with where it's at right now.
3: We told you to give you a summary of the first quarter of the season. Let's do it defensively. You mentioned the improved secondary, 11th in the country, only giving up 153 yards a game in the pass game. The longest pass play that Duke has allowed was 21 yards. I mean, that's pretty impressive three games into the season and only giving up 9.3 points a game. That ranks tied for fifth in the country. I know there's always ways to improve on both sides of the ball. But Overall, what's your assessment? A lot to like.
4: Yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's tempered. I mean, it is. I mean, if we're being honest, we we're really happy with how we played. I think we handled our business the way we wanted to. Um, but I, I keep saying this, and and I don't know that anyone outside our building believes this, but we expected to be three and zero right now. We really did. There wasn't anyone in our building that didn't expect to be sitting here at three and zero right now. And and that's not to say we're arrogant or overconfident or anything like that. But that's just where we are as a program right now. And so um, we're playing well. We're doing doing the things that we need to do. I think we also see some things critically that we know we need to fix and get cleaned up as we head into this you know, tougher stretch of the season that's coming up through the middle here.
3: And we'll talk about the first road game with Connecticut a little bit later on. Before we head to break, get in our question of the week. Last week was very hard. This week, you'll be able to narrow it down to a couple of different options. Obviously, have the pieces of paper here, and get your answers in on Facebook Live as well. Uh, but there's a true freshman on the team that had his first career sack, Kendall Johnson, over the weekend. Uh, Which branch of the military did his father, Marcus, serve in? That is our question of the week. Get your answers in, and we'll continue from the Washington County Golf Club in just a moment.
2: For any surface in every season, there's a Continental Tire that delivers superior performance. From ultra-high performance tires like the Extreme Contact Sport to passenger touring tires to all-terrain light truck tires like the Terrain Contact AT, Continental has a tire that gives you confidence no matter the road conditions. Whether you're looking for summer, all-season, or winter tires, Continental Tire has something to fit your needs. Visit ContinentalTire.com to find your ideal tire. Continental Tire, a proud partner of the Duke Blue Devils.
1: Let me grab my car keys, and we'll roll. Are we still going to that new bar downtown? Yeah, supposed to be fun. Lexi, give me driving directions from home to downtown bar district. correct Suggest Uber. Pick up home. Drop off downtown bar district. No, I'm driving. Suggest the Metro bus. Departing in 12 minutes. Huh. Point taken, Lexi. We'll grab a ride. If you drink, don't drive. Decide to ride. Brought to you in partnership by Anheuser-Busch, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and Uber.
5: You're listening to Duke Blue Devil Football on the Blue Devil Sports Network from Learfield. Back in 60 seconds after these messages from your local sponsors.
2: Hey, pork rind lovers. Are you ready for a new low carb salad topper with bold flavor? Croutones pork rind croutons will be your new go-to topper. Try them on salads, soups, or as an on-the-go snack. Croutones have the protein pack crunch that will wake up your taste buds while curbing the carbs. Find Southern recipe small batch croutones in the crouton aisle at Food Lion today. It's bow time. It's not just football season, it's tailgate season. And that includes every kind of football, whether it's got goalkeepers or goalposts. The kick is good! Because it doesn't matter where or how you tailgate. When you've got crispy chicken and fluffy buttermilk biscuits from Bojangles, your tailgate is better than great. It's legendary. Head to Bojangles and order your tailgate box with boldly seasoned chicken, fixins', biscuits, and legendary iced tea today. It's bow time. <laughs>
5: We're back on the Duke Football Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, David Shoemate.
3: Third and six here. They need the 29 for a first down. Here's the snap. Northwestern brings pressure. Leonard stands in there. Lost one up top for Calhoun. Chasing. Oh, he got it! Across midfield at the 49 yard line. Well, Riley used to be a basketball player, still plays a little hoop. That looked like an alley-oop to Calhoun. Calhoun, the effort. Talking about effort to get under that football. From the shotgun, everybody ready. Here's the snaps. Pressure comes, picked up well. Over the middle, caught. It's Calhoun, and he'll take it in for the touchdown. Jalen Calhoun had four a year ago, and he's got the Blue Devils on the board first here tonight. You look at what Jalen did. Five catches, 112 yards. Sixth time in his career, he's gone over 100 yards receiving. And he is just this elusive guy in the middle of the football field that creates a lot of problems for the opposition.
4: Yeah, he does. He does. He's been our best matchup guy since we've been here. And and obviously, we're real confident with Jordan Moore and Samir Higgins too. But um, he's been the guy that we've tried to move around and and certainly has done the best at winning and getting open, um, really, since we've been here. And, and, you know, it was good for him to go out there. And he made some big plays. I mean, he he really did. He made, you know, the, the corner route that he caught was probably the play of the game um, he also had another big one right before halftime that gave us a chance on the, on the two-minute drive um, and so he's, he's starting to really get over a couple things that had been bugging him throughout training camp and getting healthy and running around the way we want him to.
3: Obviously, the the crazy catch he made over the top when Riley just kind of led him to give him a chance. What are the coaching points there when it's real? Is it just give him a shot at the football, put enough air underneath it to where he can run under, yeah, run I, under it?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously the angle that he comes out of the cut, and we spend a lot of time working on the angle he comes out of the cut, which is what Riley tries to throw, and then, you know, Riley just getting it out there in a way that he can go up and make a play, and then he ran a good route to create enough separation, um, but that's a hard catch, you know, to track that ball and to find it through the air like that, and it probably was just... Just a little bit over top of where Riley wanted it, and, and he was able to lay out and make the catch.
3: Awfully impressive. And putting up some crazy career number two. I think people don't realize he's got 217 catches in his due career, 2,542 yards receiving. Uh, the receptions are fourth on the career list, 36 side of third. Uh, and the receiving yards are fifth on the all-time list, uh, 118 shy of cracking even deeper uh, into the top five. So, I mean, you think about what he's done. The, the stats tell you one thing. We've talked about his athleticism. But to me, when I watch him in practice and even pregame routine, he stays out a little bit longer than some of the other guys. Uh, tell me about his development, you know, growing into being a leader, not just for this team, but also in that wide receiver room.
4: Yeah, I, I think he, he really has matured an awful lot since I got here. And that's not to be disrespectful in any way. But I think he would tell you that. I think he's learned- learned how to treat himself like a pro I think he's learned how to prepare like a pro um, he's doing a better job taking care of his body he had a great summer in the in the weight room this summer uh, he's stronger than he's ever been he's in better shape than he's ever been um, and I just think he's preparing really well week in and week out and then that goes into all of his routines his pre-practice routine his practice routine his game routine um, you know and ultimately all of that leads to a better product for him on the field
3: obviously he was a quarterback in high school in Greenville he's got a passing touchdown here receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown There might be other. I guess you can get a return touchdown mixed in uh, at some point, too. But let's talk about the receivers. And and you mentioned uh, Jordan Moore. I mean, to me, when I think of Jordan, I think of his catch radius because if it's within five feet of him, it's going to be caught. What do you think of in his progression, obviously now having a full year at the wide receiver position?
4: Yeah, I think I think what he is is he's a he's a tremendous athlete who's now becoming a really good wide receiver. I think last year he was a tremendous athlete who was feeling his way through playing wide receiver at times. I think now he's got much more definition in his routes. I think he can do a better job of getting off press. He can separate better. Um, and so I just think, again, each game he plays uh, is progress for him. And, and, you know, as we continue to grow and he continues to – to get better. I think you'll even see bigger and bigger numbers from him down the road.
3: Uh, 12 catches for 160 yards on the year and a score Samir Higgins. Uh We know what he could do. We saw it last year he can be explosive. The Pittsburgh game and obviously the game against Wake Forest when all three of those guys really um, went off. And, and we have talked about this before, but I think it bears repeating for those that are kind of new to it. When you're running the football like you are, there isn't a whole lot of need to, to risk the football and throw it all over the place. But this team is certainly capable of doing that. We've seen the efficiency and, and that t- you've I've talked about that for years now about like that a game plan thing right of going in what the matchups are and what's going to work and you're going to do what's going to work
4: yeah i mean and, and that's that's who we are you know we're going to win the game that's that's what we're going to do and wherever the advantage is for us to go out and win the game that's how we're going to play it and and so um you know we're 27 of 32 with riley throwing the ball the last two week, weeks um that's not a lot of passes that's maybe not astronomical numbers and yards but that's pretty efficient in the passing game. And so, um, you know, if we're able to run the ball for seven yards a carry, we're probably going to keep doing that in the game. And, And, you know, maybe the numbers won't look as gaudy um, but we also know that there's going to be times where we're going to need that passing game and we certainly have a lot of confidence in what it's capable of doing
3: and there are exceptions there's game plan things but normally if your passing numbers really high in terms of attempts it means you're trailing right
4: <laughs> it, means you're, it means you're trailing for sure and, and or you're not running the ball well right yeah. and, and that's something too and um, I think I think the thing that's the thing that maybe gets lost a little bit about what we've been able to do in the run game and, and this is a credit to, to our kids and how they move people on the offensive line our backs and you know some of the things we're doing schematically is but people are tra- trying to load the box and and we're still running the ball for 268 yards it's not like they're they're playing big zone coverages against us, you know, and, and so at some point, someone will stop it, and then that'll kind of open up the pass game a little bit more.
3: What does that tell you? Where, where do you give the credit when you see people are loading the box and, and they still can't stop it?
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously it starts with the offensive line. I mean, it starts with the physicality because when when they have more numbers than you, you've got to move people to create distortion and create space, and then, you know, I think our, our run game is really in sync with how we're running plays, the leverages we're running them at, and I think our running backs do a really, really good job of setting up runs and feeling the cuts. And so I think sometimes, you know, the defense thinks they're in the right numbers game and and we do get just enough displacement and distortion and the running back hits the cut just enough the right way that we're still able to get off a pretty good run.
3: All right, good stuff. We'll take a break. When we continue, we'll uh, get some questions in from the audience here on a Tuesday night from the Washington (laughs) Washington Golf Club. Since our doors first opened in 1988, the Washington Duke Inn and Golf Club has celebrated the contributions of its namesake, paying tribute to a life of community service and philanthropy. This is the cornerstone of our commitment to the Durham community. Duke family artifacts and photographs can be found throughout the hallways of the inn. Visit us as we continue to celebrate tradition over trend, as we have for more than 30 years. For reservations, visit us at WashingtonDukeInn.com. That's WashingtonDukeInn.com.
4: This is Coach Elko. Duke fans know about excellence and achievement and the value of a Duke education. When someone is injured and needs legal help, it makes sense to call the law offices of James Scott Farron, a statewide law firm managed by a Duke law graduate. If you're injured in an audit accident or on the job, call on the Hurt Line, 1-800-Hurt Line. The law offices of James Scott Farron, headquartered near Duke at 555 South Mangum Street in Durham, North Carolina.
5: Coverage of Duke football returns after this one-minute timeout from your local station.
1: At Reed's Jewelers, we know that the rules of engagement were made to be broken. So don't settle for the first ring you see in the case. When you put a ring on it, make the moment your own with something that's just as unique as your love. Whether you're going big, keeping it subtle, or finding a happy medium, we're here to help you say I do with a -a one-of-a-kind design. Because doing things your way is what makes them mean everything. Reed's Jewelers, an official partner of Blue Devil Sports. Visit your local Reed's Jewelers in-store or online at reeds.com to chat with an expert.
2: Coming to Duke for a game? Join your fellow Blue Devil fans starting two hours prior to each game at Club Blue Devil, the premier pregame football hospitality. Located in the Devil's Gate, Club Blue Devil is catered by Southern Harvest Catering. Join us for food and drinks as you get ready to cheer on the Blue Devils. Not at the game, but hosting a watch party from home? Visit southernharvestcatering.com to view their extensive menu selections and satisfy all your catering needs.
5: Welcome back to the Duke Football Radio Show with Blue Devil head football coach Mike Elko. Here's your host, David Shoemate.
3: Back inside the Washington Golf Club as we continue with the Duke Football Radio Show. David Shumate alongside the head coach and Mike Elko. Be sure to catch Duke All Access with head coach Mike Elko Sundays at noon on ABC 11. And don't forget the ABC 11 mobile app is your ticket to Duke football highlights and the latest from the first alert forecast. Just tap the app and make it your own from ABC 11. Eyewitness News. All right, let's get into some questions from the crowd. Good questions this week. We got them stacked up. A lot of people are curious about a lot of locker room questions about messages. I guess the social media videos that are going out for you that are going viral are getting a lot of attention. But oh boy. Uh, the first one is about a road game. And, and if the message gets tweaked a little bit, road versus home, I imagine it gets tweaked every week, depending on who you're playing.
4: Yeah, I think we go in every week trying to trying to figure out what our focus is for that week and, and what it takes to motivate the guys for that week. I think, obviously, first time on the road, it's, it obviously cr- enhances your focus a little bit to make sure we do things the right way, that we go up there, we represent everybody the right way, we represent Duke the right way, um, and that we stay focused on the task at hand. And so that's always, I think, the, the very standard, natural, first road game challenge.
3: The age-old question, you have a quarterback that's so good at running the football, what goes into the decision to slide, not slide, and maybe in the technique of a slide you want him to have when he decides to do that?
4: Yeah, I think I think one is is understanding the game and the situation, and I think he's starting to do that. And um, obviously we want him to uh, limit the amount of hits he takes at all times. And so a lot of times it's the slide, but really what we do a lot more with Riley is you'll see him do those head first, or we call them like angle dives. But like there's times where as you're running down the field, you just see big pockets of space. And as a quarterback, you can just kind of dive Head first into that pocket and that gets you down and, and takes away the hit but also doesn't lose us the f- five yards now that the refs take away when you slide and so um i think he's getting pretty good at feeling that too
3: it does feel like up top this is off topic but it's not like they're even looking where the slide starts. It's just an automatic. No, it's like an automatic. Yeah, it's like an automatic.
4: Like way back over there is where we got to mark this thing. And uh, yeah, it cost us, right? I think he was. I think he hit the ground like four yards past the marker on Saturday, and they brought it back a yard behind it and made it second and one. And so I mean, that's just the way the game's getting spotted nowadays. And so trying to play through that as best we can. Oh,
3: for sure, we, we've been talking about a lot of good stuff. Obviously, the three and zero start. What you guys did a year ago, and whether it be you know the AP poll, the coaches poll national folks in the college football world starting to talk about Duke football, which is a good thing, but then there comes, I would imagine the coaching side of it as well. And the question came in about how do you handle those conversations with the players, or maybe you don't even have them, you know, handling success, so to speak, and the attention that comes with it.
4: Yeah, no, we spend a lot of time on messaging and and we talk about the natural human response, right? And I think the natural human response is always to relax. Um, You know, you always want to feel as though you've accomplished everything you need to accomplish so that today you can just wake up and relax. And I think it's been a a day-to-day mindset we've tried to create since the day we got here. And I think we try to point that stuff out whenever it becomes readily available. Like when you go into fall camp, inevitably the offense has a really good practice and the defense doesn't. And then the next day it flips, right? And so that's a great opportunity to let them know that, Hey, just here's a great example of you losing focus and how quickly the narrative could change. You know, yesterday you felt like a great offense today you feel like the worst offense in the country right that's how fast this thing flips when you lose focus and i think every opportunity you have throughout the year to drill that into their head i think that's a lot more effective than trying to do it on a wednesday for the first time and so i think we've just tried to really ingrain in them what it takes every day to be not only a successful football player and team but just really successful in life um and and just kind of build that and hope that that lasts you through the test of time
3: next question drills down even further wants to get into the weeds of an actual game when a big play happens a good play a big touchdown or a fumble recovery or stuff like that how much like in-game coaching are you guys doing when things are going well, not well, or is it more about the overall strategy and getting on to the next play?
4: No, I mean I think there's a lot of in-game coaching. Obviously, one of the one of the beauties of having the size staff that we do is is you got a lot of eyes on the field, and so you've got a lot of eyes looking at a lot of different things on each side of the ball. Um, I think we're able to make tactical decisions in game. I think we're able to talk about techniques and fundamentals in game. Um, I think we do a phenomenal job. One of the things that gets lost is how many in-game special teams. Adjustments We make think uh, coach Dougherty and, and coach Larson uh, do a really good job of identifying things during the game and um, making sure that we make the adjustments we need to in game. And so um, very rarely do we come in on, on Sunday and see a film and go, oh, I had no idea that was happening or that's why we were having problems. I think we do a pretty good job of seeing that stuff.
3: And something you mentioned special teams got me thinking about, you know, we don't talk about a lot of times unless it goes wrong, but special teams has been rock solid, you know, breaking a new long snapper Porter has been solid. Ryan had to step in and do the kickoffs because Charlie was dinged up a little bit and it seemed like it's just flowing really well.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, that's, that's the second one. So we talk about our plan to win and the things that we want to accomplish. And the second one is win special teams. And we have this chart of, of what we call game changing plays on special teams, which are really those those high impact, high momentum type plays and, and you want to win that and, and we've been able to win that two out of three games this year and, and that's another, in our opinion, big indicator for success.
3: Next question comes in asking if the guys are excited for the, the first road game. There's charter flights that come into a chance to go to a hotel, go to a new city.
4: Yeah, I think so. I think anytime you get a chance to kind of pack up and go on the road, and, and obviously, um, you for all the Duke grads out there, you know it, it takes a little bit of a break off academically, which is always a positive sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think anytime you get to you get to go on the road, and, and we travel. I, somebody asked me this at the press conference. I mean, the way we travel nowadays, it's 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 literally spoiled. Like we're so spoiled. Um, and you get on this big old Delta plane, and and you fly, and you got buses sitting right there on the tarmac to pick you up, and um, you go to the really nice hotel hotel and you get these really nice beds and so it's it's we travel in style at duke now it's pretty fun
3: <laughs> of all the things that go into the grind that might not that's be on not the it. profile
4: no no that's we, we we travel like an entitled organization
3: <laughs> all right we'll do one more before we head to break uh, it came from penny fleming i think it's an interesting question about seeing the board, seeing all the hand signals flying on the sidelines, what's going into all that as you guys are getting the play in?
4: <laughs> yeah, so so what we're hoping to get is at some point the technology that the NFL has yeah. where we can just you know kind of get the walkie-talkie out and tell the people the plays, not have to signal them in. When you signal them in, basically this is another thing that has come with the size of the staff Every staff has two or three people assigned to trying to pick signals, and they're trying to steal your signals so they know the plays so they can call the right defense against you or offense or whatever. And so we go into tremendous depth, probably more so than, than anyone ever should, to hide our signals, to make sure people can't pick them. Um, this really occurred to me. Honestly, this is going back a few years, but we played Army one year, and uh, I remember going to the game thinking to myself, okay, so, so basically if there's a problem around the world, We're going to count on these guys to break a code or solve a a riddle or find (laughs) what they need to find to make sure it comes out the right way. I don't know if we're doing enough to hide our front signal. So we better get to work on how we can kind of do this a little bit better. And that's kind of when we started this process, and I think it's evolved from there a little bit.
3: That's a good point. They're probably going to have the edge. I don't I think a whole lot I you I can always, do. <laughs> I always
4: felt like they had a reconnaissance edge against us when we were playing those guys. All
3: right, that good stuff. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the defensive staff with the head coaches. We continue on a Tuesday night.
4: For any
2: surface in every season, there's a Continental tire that delivers superior performance. From ultra-high performance tires like the Extreme Contact Sport to passenger touring tires to all-terrain light truck tires like the Terrain Contact AT, Continental has a tire that gives you confidence no matter the road conditions. Whether you're looking for summer, all-season, or winter tires, Continental Tire has something to fit your needs. Visit ContinentalTire.com to find your ideal tire. Continental Tire, a proud partner of the Duke Blue Devils. Have you checked out shop.duke.edu? Duke Duke University's very own online store is where you'll find hundreds of items nobody else carries. We offer the only collection of Duke merchandise in the world that actually comes from Duke University. For unique designs, your favorite logos, and high-quality products, visit shop.duke.edu. Where real Duke fans shop.
5: This is Duke football on the Blue Devil Sports Network from Learfield. We're back after this
2: from your local station. Enjoying the game but not the drink being spilled down your back or the foam finger poking you in the face? Well, head to the concession stand, grab a Lindy's Italian ice, and take a six-ounce vacation. A six-ounce cup of lemon Italian ice will make you feel like you're swaying in a hammock, and the only thing in your face is a cool, salty breeze. That ought to have you refreshed. Now get your head back in the game and start belting out blue and white with the youthful exuberance of the freshman behind you. Yes, the same one that keeps spilling his drink down your back. Lindy's Italian ice. Have an ice day. The passion. He's going to take it to the house. Dinner's cooking. Touchdown. The fury. Getting blessed.
5: Down he goes. The speed. By
4: 40. There he goes. Down the sideline.
5: The Western College football. Toward the end zone. Got it for six points. You cannot hitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the bars. Back to the end zone. 30. 20. So to this, one. this is the college football bliss. Listen all season long on College Sports Now on the Varsity Network. We're back on the Duke Football Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, David Shoemate.
3: Inside the Washington Duke and Golf Club, as we continue with the Duke Football Radio Show, David Shoemate alongside the head coach and Mike Oko. Washington Gunner Golf Club honoring tradition over trend for over. Thirty years. So each week in this segment, we try to do a different topic. Last week we did a little football 101, and uh, Coach, we'll do the offensive staff a little bit later on in the season. But wanted to dig into your staff that you built on the defensive side of the football. We've talked about Tyler Santucci, who's the defensive coordinator, but kind of want to list them off to start with. The associate head coach and defensive line coach is Jess Simpson. Uh, was last at miami played tight end at auburn also has coached in the nfl and in high school uh, the co-defensive coordinator safety's coach is lyle Hempill. he was at wake forest before he came to duke he played safety uh in college uh, assistant coach overseeing the corners ishmael aristide he came over from miami and the assistant coach uh, that oversees the defensive ends is harlan bauer he was with you uh at texas a m and pull it back big picture kind of listed off the individuals but. How would you describe the personality of this group in the defensive meeting room?
4: Yeah, I think one of the unique things about it, and, and I don't know, I hope this is a good thing, is every single one of those guys except Jess worked for me as a defensive coordinator. And so when we put this staff together, I was able to convince them all to come back for one more go around. But uh, I, I, I joked with Coach Hempo. So Coach Hempel and I have probably the, the longest standing relationship, and, and we worked together at Hofstra back in 2004. And when we first worked together, he was actually dating his girlfriend, who is now his wife, and they have four beautiful daughters, and um, that's kind of how our life has grown together, and so uh, he was a guy that I'd always tried to hire over the years, but for whatever reason, it never worked out, and so it was great to get him back, and then um, Ishmael Aristide was with us at at Texas A&M, did a really good job for us, was able to get a full-time job at Miami, and then we were able to bring him back, and then Harlan Bauer was with me at Notre Dame, and then he went to coach the defensive line at South Alabama, and we were able to get him back at Texas A&M. And so have a lot of relationships with those guys, and I think they know kind of how we look at the game, how we think about the game. And then the, the one guy that we added that I had never worked with who's been absolutely phenomenal, is a phenomenal coach, is Chess Simpson. And our tie was I actually recruited his son. Um, and so he was the head coach at Buford High School, and I actually recruited his son to Wake Forest and he wound up going to Wake Forest and playing there uh, when I was the defensive coordinator there. So I actually did a home visit with Jess and his wife, um, sat, in their living, sat in their kitchen, had dinner with them and um, and always, always had a lot of respect for him. Um, knew he was a good coach, didn't quite know how great he is. I mean he's phenomenal. The, the, what he does technically with our defensive line is, is about as good as there is in the country.
3: When you're putting that together and you talked about the, the connections they had to you, obviously player development, their ability to coach, recruit, all those sorts of things, how much do you weigh how you think the pieces are going to fit together, the cohesiveness as they're working together? I'm sure that's on the list somewhere for you as you're trying to put it together.
4: Yeah, I think the way you think about it is this, and, and this is probably no different than the business world, right? It's it's make sure you hire really good people who are selfless and how they go about their day-to-day. And if you do that, then then cohesion can come, right? If you hire a bunch of really good people who are well-intentioned and they're just in it for the team to do what's right for the team, then they find a way to build cohesion together. And I think that's what's happened on both sides of the ball, but defense in particular. And um, I think that's what we try to do across our building is get people that we trust, get people that we can count on, get people that we would have no problem with them being around our own kids, and then you feel really comfortable about what they're going to do with the team when they get around them.
3: All of these guys played in college. Harlan Bauer was a defensive lineman at Georgia Southern. Tyler Santucci was the 2009 Big South Defensive Player of the Year at Stony Brook. And it got me thinking, certainly not a prerequisite, but the fact that Everyone on that side, and we'll talk about offense later on. I guess it applies to everybody. Having played the game, how much does that help you when you're coaching and knowing what the guys are going through?
4: Yeah, I think that's a role, and I think that plays a role in shaping all of us and how we went about it. And um, you know, people always used to ask me, like, how come you're always in the press box? And so, well, I was a quarterback. Coming up as a young kid, and so that's how I saw the game this kind of big picture view. And so it always made sense for me to be in the press box. Um, Some coaches are are former defensive linemen, and there's a certain intensity with how they played the game that they bring to their coaching style. Uh, I think how we played the game in a lot of ways shapes us and shapes our personality as we coach the kids.
3: Uh, You kind of laid out the staff we did earlier. You have two guys dedicated to the defensive line, there's obviously a million different ways you can do that. Why'd you choose to go that path, and and what's the benefit of having those two guys working?
4: Yeah, I I think what we do, and and this is something I think we we started doing a while ago on our defensive side of the ball is is in this day and age, we want kids to have um, their attention in meetings. And so we don't have any coach who coaches more than two players. And that's something that's really, really important to me. And so you take the D line and you put four guys, you have one guy coaching the D line and that's four positions, four deep. And all of a sudden it's 16, 17 kids in a meeting room. And I'm talking to you, but it doesn't pertain to him. And he fades away and he's not paying attention. What we're able to do is take our seven defensive tackles and put them in a room with our D tackle coach and everything's applicable, right? Like whatever I'm saying is important because it only applies to you. Cause you're the only people in the room. Um, And I think that that really helps from a development standpoint uh, and just a meeting efficiency standpoint. And so it's really that that's the reason it's the same reason why we have a corners coach and a safeties coach. It breaks up the same way.
3: Obviously, Coach Simpson oversees that group uh, in totality. And and he's had high school coaching experience, quite a bit of it coached in the NFL. Obviously, coach coach coaches at the collegiate level now. What is the value to having all that layered experience at different levels of the game?
4: Yeah, I think the, the it allows you to see the game through a lot of different lenses. I think that's critical. I think um, when you've had to have success a lot of different ways, you're very much able to move and shake in the way you need to to have this group become successful. Um, I think what, what happens to some of us when we get stuck in a rut of, I've only been at elite Power 5 programs. Well, then I only know how to win with elite power five talent. And if I don't have that, sometimes I don't know how to make it work or or vice versa. I've only been at lower levels. And so I don't know what the game's like when I go play Clemson. I've never played in that game. I don't know how to make that work. I, I think when you get people who've been at a lot of different places and a lot of different levels, they just have had to make it work so many ways that it makes it a lot easier to solve the puzzles that you're trying to do each week
3: kind of touched on this earlier when you when you mentioned the benefits of breaking out the different meeting rooms corners safeties and, and on down the line when you head out onto the practice field, I'm curious, how do you blend it back together to make sure the commun- communication is where it needs to be on the line and in the secondary as well?
4: Yeah, I think that's the coordinator's job. And so the coordinator's job is to make sure that we're all take- talking the same language, talking the same terminology. And then, again, I think that's where the cohesion comes in. And so, you know, you your, your D-line coaches, even though one does the tackles and one does the ends, you want them together a lot talking to each other. And, and they drill together a lot and they rotate guys through. And then it's the same thing with your safeties in your corners. You want them all talking talking the same type of terminology and I think we're able to get that done so that um, the kids understand and they could hear it from a lot of different people.
3: We could maybe do a whole show on this certainly if we got into graduate assistance, but I'm I'm curious if you give me an abridged version what a day in the life looks like for an assistant coach at this level with all the different responsibilities they have game planning, <laughs> recruiting and things like that. I, I think people have no idea. No,
4: I mean, shoot, we're, we're, so we play the game Saturday. We're back in Sunday morning. Most everybody's in the office by about 9:30, Um, and then we're grinding we're grinding through the old tape. We're getting ready for the new tape. Um, and we got practice Monday morning with the kids at, at, seven thirty in the morning, you know, and so, you know, you don't have much time to to flip this thing over and then um, you know, you're working sixteen, seventeen hour days Monday, Tuesday, to try to get everything up and running and it starts to pull back towards the back end of the week, but then you start recruiting. You know, right now we're trying to build off this momentum and get the twenty twenty five class going and the twenty twenty six class going and that takes time and, and so that as you start to get into the back half of the week that becomes a big part of what you're doing, and so yeah, it's it's a it's certainly a full time job, and um, what we try to do as best we can is in the off season balance it, and, and we try to take a lot of try to give them a lot of four day weekends, try to do as much as you can to create time for them to breathe, um, but that's it's a grind in the season there's no no way around it
3: and kind of close on this and I don't mean to put you on the spot with this but you mentioned the off season. I'm curious about that when, when I hear you talk and I've heard others talk about the NCAA and trying to fix the offseason calendar is the root of that as much as anything trying to protect the assistant coaches so they have somewhat of a quality of life balance when they get into the offseason with the way the recruiting has totally changed in the last 10-15 years
4: yeah the, the, the biggest the biggest challenge I think we have with the calendar is we we make us open 24 7 365 and and i don't think it needs to be that way like we can have two month windows where recruits can come on campus and recruits will find a way to come in those two months right that's just if they're looking at colleges and they want to come they'll come in those two months If, if we allow it to be seven months that they can come whatever they want then they're able to piece it together however they want over the course of those seven months and i think Each time we do something, we don't look at the totality of it all, right? So everything in its own little bubble seems like a great idea. Hey, let's do this. Oh, sure. Hey, let's do this. And then when you step back and you go, well, you added like 30 things to our calendar over the course of the year, um, you know, we're getting three weekends off in in stretches of six months. It's not really ideal for for a good livelihood.
3: All right. Good stuff. We'll take a break. Continue. We'll have more questions from the crowd as we come back on the Washington U.K. Golf Club.
1: At Reed's Jewelers, we know that the rules of engagement were made to be broken. So don't settle for the first ring you see in the case. When you put a ring on it, make the moment your own with something that's just as unique as your love. Whether you're going big, keeping it subtle, or finding a happy medium, we're here to help you say I do with a -a one-of-a-kind design. Because doing things your way is what makes them mean everything. Reed's Jewelers, an official partner of Blue Devil Sports. Visit your local Reed's Jewelers in-store or online at reeds.com to chat with an expert.
5: While there's a break in the action, here's a word from your local sponsors.
3: Whether you're in the market for a new boat or just need service or accessories for an existing boat, turn to Overby Marine. Now with two locations in Kittrell and Lake Gaston, Overby Marine offers the highest quality marine products and services, including the latest from Sea Race, Centurion, Avalon, Bennington, as well as Sea Pro Center Console. Overby Marine also offers the largest selection of parts in the region, along with full-service facilities at their two locations. To so stop by or give them a call at 252-586-3593 or online at overbymarine.com. Overbee Marine, don't let adventure
0: pass you by. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm the Pee Wee football team, your carpooling to the game. And our backseat practice has your focus off the road. Go long. Not that long. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, you'll be stuck on the sidelines for the season. So switch to Allstate. Save $468 and get better protected from mayhem, like me.
1: National average annual savings of new auto customers surveyed in 2022 who switched to Allstate. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.
5: Welcome back to the Duke Football Radio Show with Blue Devil Head Football Coach Mike Elko. Here's your host, David Shoemate.
3: Welcome back inside the Washington Golf Club as we continue with the Duke Football Radio Show. David Shoemate alongside the head coach and Mike Elko as we start to wind things down. Go ahead and give you the answer to our trivia question at the top. Uh, We asked about Kendall Johnson making his first career sack over the weekend. Which branch of the military did his father Marcus serve in? That would be the Navy. So we'll pick out a winner for our prize pack before we are done. So a little fun fact for you. Uh, as we start to wind it down. Coach, we got a couple of minutes. want to get a, a thought or two on Connecticut. They come in at 0-3, and boy, is that deceiving. I mean, they nearly got NC State on the first Thursday of the season, a 24-14 to loss. They were in it pretty much until the end. They've dealt with some injuries on offense, both at the quarterback and the running back position. Uh, but Jim Moore, you can already see what he's building in his second season at Connecticut.
4: Yeah, for sure. And, and I think you know, defensively is what jumps out to you first. I, I do think they're a very talented defense. And I think if you look look at their play efficiency, it's been really high. They've been bitten by the big play a little bit and that's what's what's really hurting them. They've given up quite a few big play touchdowns and that's what's gotten them behind uh, in some of their games. And then I think they're, they're just trying to figure out how to, to switch gears with the new quarterback. I think offensively, they look good opening night against NC State and then game two the quarterback goes down um, and now I think they're trying to figure that out. I think somewhere around halftime they started to put that together a little bit last week and so uh, certainly expect that they'll come out guns blazing to get after us on Saturday.
3: They're giving up less than 200 yards a game through the year. The middle linebacker, Jackson Mitchell, leads them in tackles with 22. and. You know, we talk about the run game a lot. How successful Duke has been—they're only giving up 3.9 yards a carry. But I'd imagine it's still a point of emphasis to establish the run.
4: Yeah, I mean that's that's where we always want to start it. We certainly always want to make sure that we can get the run established. And um, you know, like a lot of teams that we play, they're going to try to load the box, I'm sure, and they're going to try to, you know, get as many people in there as they can to, to make sure they can get some negative plays and get us behind the chains. And so our ability to control the line of scrimmage will be big again.
3: We talked about the the changes at quarterback. Taquan Roberson comes in, takes over as a starter. He tries Transferred to Connecticut from Penn State last year, actually won the starting job. Then he had a season-ending injury on the second series of the season. So. How do you prepare for a guy like that? There isn't a whole lot of recent tape on.
4: No, you're working off of about a game and a half from this year is really all you have to try to get a feel for what he's all about. And, um, you know, in some ways it's it's it, it plays a little bit like an opener because you know they're searching a little bit, right? And so um, you have a little bit more tape than you would, but but you still have to be ready for whatever they evolve to because they're certainly going back to try to figure out, you know, what they can become and what he can become. And so, you know, you've got to be ready to to be flexible uh, as this game presents itself.
3: Got about a minute or so left. Just kind of a, a general thought process as you guys head up there, preparing for Connecticut, but also preparing for who knows what the weather conditions will be like. There might be some rain, but just a first true road game. And, and when you go on the road, the things you want the team to be ready for.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is to understand, you know, the maturity that it takes uh, to travel, um, to bring the intensity on the road. You know, you don't have the home fans. We don't have the student section. We don't have the big run out. Um, you know, we got to generate a lot of our own energy for this game. And, and energy is a big part of football. And so um, that's something that's going to be really important. And then it's another afternoon game, so we're going to have to get ourselves up Saturday morning and get ready to go pretty quick. Coach, appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to it.
3: CBS Sports Network will have the television coverage beginning at 3.30. We'll have you covered on the radio at 2.30. For Brian Williams back inside the studio, Jonathan Bentley here on site. I'm David Schuma. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys on Saturday from East Hartford.
4: Thanks, guys.
5: Thanks for listening to the Duke Football Radio Show with head coach Mike Elko, presented by the Washington Duke Inn, honoring tradition over trend for over 30 years. Tonight's show was also brought to you by Coca-Cola. They say Coke Zero is irresistibly tasty. Does that make it the best Coke ever? Find out for yourself. Continental Tire, the exclusive tire of the Blue Devils. Find the right tire for your vehicle at ContinentalTire.com continental tire the smart choice in tires and by duke health official team doctors for duke athletics the preceding has been a learfield presentation of the blue devil sports network